Hi, I'm Meredith, and you're listening to PRN, Pause, Renew, Next, a podcast about soul care, scripture, and stories of faith. If you like this podcast, please subscribe and share it with your friends. Enjoy. Welcome to PRN, Pause, Renew, Next, the podcast. I'm your host, Jenny Detweiler. And in today's episode, I'm flying solo. Most of PRN's podcast episodes are interviews with guests, but occasionally I mix in a biography episode or one that deals with soul care. As a counselor, mental health and self-care are topics that are important to me and things that I speak to often in my office. Occasionally, I like to bring pieces of that to this podcast too. So today, we're going to talk about a hot topic, stress. My hope is that you may learn some new information about stress and stress management in this podcast episode. I hope it challenges your view of stress, and I promise after talking about stress, you're probably going to need it. At the end of this episode, we're going to do a self-calming exercise. So stick around. You should feel pretty relaxed by the end of this episode. The words anxiety and stress are thrown around a lot of the time nowadays, and often they're used interchangeably. Let's be honest, they both generally get a pretty bad rap. So let's be clear and define them before we get any further. Stress is the result of an external threat and your body's reaction to that threat. So if you're running in the woods and a bear is chasing you, that's stress. There is an external threat, it's coming after you and you are responding. Getting a call that your child is sick at school and dropping everything to go get them, driving in a heavy rain thunderstorm at night, Those are stress. There's an actual threat and your body is responding to that threat in real time. Anxiety, on the other hand, is an internal alarm, concern, or worry that arises even when there's not an external threat present. It is the anticipation of a threat that may never materialize. So being afraid that you're going to fail your test next week, that's anxiety. Worrying that your child will contract the stomach bug like their best friend just did, that is anxiety. Interestingly, your body responds similarly to both anxiety and stress. To understand what happens in your body when you're stressed or anxious, it's important to understand the fight-or-flight response system. When your brain perceives a threat or a danger, it flips the switch for the fight-or-flight response. Now, the threat doesn't have to be real. It could just be a perceived or imagined threat, like a scary thought. It doesn't matter. Your body's going to respond the same way. The fight-or-flight response can happen incredibly quickly. We are designed that way because danger can happen in an instant, and we may have to respond immediately. And when the fight-or-flight response happens, a host of changes occur in your body as it prepares to respond to the threat at hand. I love to talk about how the body responds because when you're experiencing anxiety or stress, the body symptoms can feel pretty scary and out of control. For one thing, your heart rate increases. You may notice when you're anxious that you feel your heart pounding. The reason it does this is to pump blood quickly to your muscles so you can flee a dangerous situation or fight if that's what's required. You're going to start breathing faster and not as deeply. Your body is trying to pump oxygen quickly into your muscles, again, so that you can run or fight if you need to do that. Your muscles, while receiving all this blood and oxygen, are also receiving shots of stress hormones, adrenaline or cortisol. They help stimulate you to action. 
This is part of the reason why when you're stressed, you may suffer from muscle tension. It also can affect the digestive system. When you are in fight or flight, your digestive system slows down to a crawl. This is why anxiety and stress often cause digestion disturbances like nausea, constipation, lack of appetite, diarrhea, you name it. Why would your body do this? Because if you're trying to survive, your body shuttles all of its energy toward that aim. Why waste energy digesting pizza when your life could be at stake? Another way that your body is affected is that all of your senses are heightened during the fight or flight response. Your eyes dilate to take in important visual stimuli. You may start scanning for danger or threats. Picture being in a dark alley. You're probably scanning all around you to make sure that you're safe. Your hearing is affected as well. When stressed or anxious, you may notice noises that don't normally bother you. Maybe your husband's chewing is suddenly driving you crazy. Or maybe you're alone at night and you hear all the noises out the window. Your body is working hard to make sure that you're safe. All these physical changes work towards your survival. But what about your brain? How is it affected by stress? We could spend a lot of time talking about neuroscience, but for the purpose of this podcast, I'm going to keep it pretty brief. The lower sections of your brain, your brain stem and your limbic system, run the show when you are experiencing stress and anxiety. The limbic system deals with emotions and memory. And your reptilian brain deals with instincts and reflexes. These sections of the brain work quickly, and you are not even consciously aware of them much of the time. The neocortex of your brain, the upper outer layer of your brain, is the part of the brain that handles all of the higher level thinking, the part that sets humans apart from all other animals. This part of your brain handles important things like language, imagination, problem solving, reasoning, logic, and thinking through consequences. You could call it the parent of the brain. When you're in fight or flight, this upper part of your brain shuts down. It's still there, but it's as if it's been hijacked. The parent goes off duty, and you are running on the lower brain, on your instinct and emotion. This is why when you're very anxious or very angry, it's hard to find your words. People use cuss words or go blank. It's why when we're very angry or stressed, we're not particularly logical. It's why we often choose to do or say things that we'll regret later, because the part of the brain that helps us think through consequences is not working too well. It's also why logic escapes us when we're anxious. Never try to talk logically to a person having a panic attack or a child during a tantrum. Believe me, it will not help. When we're in fight or flight, we are literally in survival mode. Our bodies and our brains function differently. So if that happens for a short time, for a specific circumstance, you can see how it could be a really, really good thing. For instance, if I'm sitting in my car on a train track and a train is coming at me, I don't really need to be thinking about velocity or how many seconds I have left in my favorite song. I just need to go. Or if I'm walking in the grass and I see something and jump, well, the rest of my brain catches up and says, silly, that was a stick. It wasn't really a snake. But what if it had been? It's a good thing that lower part of my brain was working so well. However, if you're living in a constant state of fight or flight for weeks or months, you can see how there could be health and relational consequences. After a time, adrenaline is replaced by cortisol. And over time, cortisol can have negative effects on our bodies. We're really not meant to live in this state long term. 
You can see why stress gets a bad rap. For a long time now, people have been preaching that we should try to stay away from stress. We've all heard the negative health effects. After hearing how the body responds during fight or flight, it's easy to see how these body signals could be misinterpreted as negative. Body signals like a pounding heart, muscle tension, and nausea may be interpreted as danger, which can then lead to even more anxiety. It can be a pretty negative, anxious cycle. But what if we could reinterpret those signals? I'm here to tell you that stress in and of itself is actually not bad for you. It's how we interpret stress that can be negative. There was a study that tracked 30,000 adults in the United States for eight years. They asked the participants, how much stress have you experienced in the past year? They also asked them, do you believe stress is harmful for your health? They found that 43% of those who said they had experienced a lot of stress in the past year had an increased risk of dying. However, that was only true for the people who believed that stress was bad for their health. In other words, stress will not kill you, but the belief that stress is harmful to your health could. So as you change your thoughts about stress, you can change your body's response to stress. You can reinterpret your body's signals. What if, instead of viewing your pounding heart as being a sign of anxiety, instead you viewed it as your body preparing for a challenge? It's working for your good. It's preparing you for action. Are you breathing faster? It means your body is pumping lots of oxygen to your brain. Are you breaking out in a sweat? Great! Your body's cooling system is already working, ready to cool you down as you go through the challenge at hand. Athletes do this all the time. They're nervous before a game or competition, but they don't interpret their pounding heart as scary. They interpret it as their bodies preparing for the arising athletic challenge. There is a really great TED Talk about all of this, done by Kelly McGonigal, and it's called How to Make Stress Your Friend. She also has a book about this called The Upside of Stress. I'll link to them in my show notes. It's important to remember that our brains are built for stories. We're always telling ourselves stories about every situation. So pay attention to what you're telling yourself about your stress. So here is a real-life example of me reinterpreting fear signals. A couple of years ago, soon after I had learned about this information, my husband and I were asked to give a short talk at our church about adoption. Now, my greatest fear is not public speaking, clearly because I have a podcast. If I were to be afraid to speak in public, it wouldn't be at my church. It's full of people who care about me. Also, I was talking about adoption, something that is near and dear to my heart. So I had absolutely no reason to be anxious, but somehow my body didn't agree. As the service progressed, I could feel my heart pounding. Oh, I had butterflies in my stomach. I was so nervous. All of a sudden, I remembered about this stress information, and I decided to put it into practice. As everybody else was singing around me, I started talking back to myself in my mind. This pounding heart, it means you're preparing for action as you walk up to that stage. Your upset stomach is just because you're ready to do something important that your body thinks is a challenge. It did not change my body signals, but it did change what I thought about them. God knew what He was doing when He designed our bodies. He prepared them well to rise to challenges that He knew that we would face. He made us incredibly resilient. He also wired in some protective factors. 
Did you know that besides adrenaline and cortisol, there's another stress hormone at work, and it's called oxytocin. It's generally thought of as the cuddle hormone or the bonding hormone, not as a stress hormone. That's because it helps us bond with other humans. It's released during hugs, cuddling, or breastfeeding. Oxytocin is a neurohormone that acts on our brain's social instincts. It causes us to look for physical touch and connection through close relationships. It also increases empathy and makes us more willing to help and support others. It helps us look for other people to help and to receive support from during times of stress. We are wired for connection. Oxytocin is a key part of the stress response as well. When you are under stress, oxytocin helps you seek support. We're really not made to sustain stress by ourselves. We are built for community. Oxytocin helps us reach out to others and helps us notice when others are hurting so that we can help support one another. So the example that comes to my mind of this is 9-11. When that happened, our whole country was scared out of their minds. But instead of people barricading themselves inside their homes, they met together for prayer services. They gathered behind people in government. Strangers met each other on the street to share stories. I mean, even McDonald's had signs saying, God bless America. Oxytocin was at work, I have no doubt. One more cool fact about oxytocin, which Kelly McGonigal also mentions in her TED Talk. Not only does it help us bond and seek community, it physically protects us as well. It helps work against inflammation. This is huge because inflammation resulting from stress plays a role in many different diseases and disorders. Oxytocin also helps your cardiovascular system because it helps your blood vessels stay relaxed during stress. But one of the most amazing effects of oxytocin on our bodies is how it affects our heart. It helps heart cells regenerate and heal from damage caused by stress. It actually strengthens your heart, and that is amazing. You are designed to seek support and help others during times of stress. As we do this, we're strengthening our own resilience and improving our stress response. So what can you do to manage stress? Well, you can evaluate your circumstances. Is there anything that can change? Can you implement healthy boundaries in any areas? Create margin when possible for rest and renewal. God had us rest on the seventh day for a reason. Our bodies aren't made to go full steam ahead seven days a week. So find a time where you can rest, renew, and allow yourself to recharge. Pay attention to your stress triggers and learn from them. Do you feel more anxious when you've been on social media? Then take a break or limit your time there. Reach out to others and find ways that you can support each other. You know now that looking for support is important. So rather than bottling it all up inside, find a safe place where you can talk, somebody who has your back. Choose to do activities that will help your body slow down, like coloring, walking or hiking, meditation, yoga, spending time in nature. Now I promised at the beginning of this episode that at the end, I would give you a relaxation exercise. And so that's exactly what we're going to do. On my very first podcast episode, I did a deep breathing exercise. And I'm going to repeat it today and then modify it just a little bit. Now I call deep breathing belly breathing because if you're doing it correctly, 
Your belly should expand, not your chest. When we're stressed, we breathe up in the top part of our chest, but when we're relaxed, we belly breathe. So as you breathe in, picture a balloon opening up in your belly. It should look like a little watermelon or a little basketball, or maybe like you're two or three months pregnant. Breathe in slowly through your nose. Fill up your belly with air and hold it for a couple of seconds. Then let it out slowly through your mouth. Now this is a faith podcast. And so I really like to incorporate scripture or biblical truths wherever that I can. So one of the practices that I love is called breath prayers. And you do, you do deep breathing just like we just did, but you're going to add a little truth phrase in the midst of it. It can be a prayer. It can be a mantra. You can change it out. You don't have to do the same one every time. The one that I'm going to do today is Emmanuel, God is with me. Because Emmanuel means God is with us. And just like we learned today during stress, we need to feel connected. So I'm going to say Emmanuel after I inhale. And after I exhale, I'm going to say God is with me. Now you at home may want to do breath prayers maybe four or five times in a row. For this podcast episode, so that it doesn't get too repetitive, we're just going to do it twice. So together, we're going to breathe in through the nose. Emmanuel. Breathe out. God is with me. Breathe in. Emmanuel. Breathe out. God is with me. Well, friends, I hope you learned a few things in this podcast episode and that you found it helpful. Until Jesus returns, we will experience stress. But hopefully, now you know that stress in and of itself will not harm you. And I hope you know that you are resilient. If something from today's podcast resonated with you, please go to the website, pauserenewnext.com, and comment under the show notes. Or join the conversation on PRN's Facebook page. If you're a fan of this podcast, subscribe on your favorite podcasting app and leave a review. That makes it easier for new people to find this podcast. If you know someone who would be encouraged by this podcast episode, please share it. You can find PRN Pause Renew Next on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Give us a follow. Well, that is all for this podcast episode. I'm Jenny Detweiler with PRN. Pause, renew, next. The podcast. May you be encouraged on your journey with Jesus. Jesus.